Hey, hey, Howard. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I understand you're doing home repairs today, not people repairs. We had to repair dartboard damage to a wall today. <laughs> and not because the dartboard was connected too tightly to the wall. This is literally darts related to the dartboard. So, Absolutely. The dartboard stayed up. Ay, ay, ay. I was telling you before we came on that I, years ago, a friend of mine was playing darts and uh, was, was as, <clears throat> I'll say, debauched teenagers. And he was reaching out for a dart and another deranged teenage friend of mine at the time just hurled the dart in and just trying to be a goof. And I guess, I'm not sure he was planning to have it happen, but the dart went right through the other this other friend of mine's hand and pinned it to the dartboard, which was pretty exciting at three in the afternoon while skipping school. I'm I'm not quite sure when getting a teenager a dartboard appeared as a decent idea. I just don't recall that moment. Yeah, it's maybe marginally better than lawn darts, but that's not much much of an improvement. Anyways, we'll stay away from darts today at All Sharp Objects. We're talking about metabolic syndrome. We started this conversation and described what exactly it is. And this week, the plan was to finish up with talking about what we can do about it, because obviously that matters even more than what it is. But I thought maybe a good place to start is to talk, just a reminder, uh, 101 of exactly what metabolic syndrome is. And it's really just a basket of things, right, that together some 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 loose set of things indications that might suggest you have it it's like abdominal obesity and so on right right if you have a beer belly a little a few extra pounds around your belly you're insulin resistant hypertensive your triglycerides are high and your hdls are a little low you meet the definition of having metabolic syndrome. Just as an aside, I meant to ask you this last week, and I was looking for some more stuff about it, but I didn't really find anything. I remember reading years ago, here goes Paul into some strange foray, (laughs) that it actually, when people say, well, I don't really have, people are prone to say when you talk about abdominal obesity as an indicator for metabolic syndrome and potentially being insulin resistant, which is obviously another one of the factors here, they say, well, I don't have that much of a belly, that it's actually not very much abdominal obesity required to potentially be a risk factor here. We're not talking about people with an extra 70 pounds necessarily around the waist, right? No, we're not. We drew a distinction between, I'll call it routine obesity and this toxic obesity with abdominal fat. You don't need much fat around your organs to create a toxic environment and contribute the inflammatory mediators that they do to increase the risks associated with cardiac disease, dementia, stroke, etc. Yeah, and I think that's really key for, to, to understand because there's always this sense, well, yeah, I mean, I could have this, but look, I'm actually, yeah, I might have five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever of a carrying extra weight, but it's not that much. And the, the, right, the correct answer is, well, it, it depends. And even at relatively small levels, it depends. Where is it? Is it around the organs? Is this is this vis- is this really visceral fat, or or, or, is, or is it subcutaneous? And people are too quick, I think, sometimes to just pass it off and say, "Well, this doesn't apply to me." 
Sure. Well, it's fascinating. I'll be in the office and I'll ask someone if they have any medical problems. Uh, no, they don't. And they're wearing a button-down <laughs> shirt and I see a tiny little top of an incision where they had a median sternotomy and their chest was open. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> oh, I had an open heart surgery. Oh, you know? dear. You're so right. my vessels are fixed. And it says here you're on some medications. All right, I take them for blood pressure, but my blood pressure is normal on the medications. <laughs> so they're not connecting the dots, yeah, which yeah. is also one of the things we tried to do last time is to all these dots for people. Yeah, and that's and that's really the key because otherwise, and we'll talk about this a little bit about it and what you can do about it, but otherwise there's a tendency to treat each of these discrete pieces as discrete pieces. And that's a bad idea because having metabolic syndrome is is a is a risk factor for a host of different things. And just to summarize, because we talked about it last week, but like type 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 two diabetes, cardiovascular problems, arthrosclerosis, the list goes on and on, right? Strokes, dementia, arthritis, I mean, they do affect tendons, muscles, and joints as well. So it affects our entire body. Yeah, it affects our entire body, and it affects, and maybe this, just this before we go on, I mean, it affects a huge fraction of the population. Uh, something in excess of 60%, 70% of the population has at least a couple of the markers of metabolic syndrome. Well, uh, yeah, a tremendous n number of people meet the clinical diagnosis of for, for obesity. The precise number who meet the diagnosis uh, criteria for MedS, it's hard to not exactly sure. Yeah, but at least for the at least one of the major factors is a huge fraction of the population that meets it, which is at least concerning. So let's jump across and talk about what can be done about it. And at a really high level, you can. You can break. Well, let's first say one other thing before we get there, which is that, and I like your expression for this, but before we even think about what we're going to do about it, I think it's really important to say this is an AUC issue, as you like to say. It's an area under the curve problem. What we're going to do about it and how effective that thing will be to some degree depends on how long you've spent in that condition, right? That area under the curve thing. Right. If you think about atherosclerosis and lipids, the longer your arterial walls are exposed to elevated lipids and inflammation, the worse the atherosclerosis is going to be. This is a disease that progresses slowly, as are many of these diseases, and they really creep up on us. Um, yeah. So the earlier that we have one of these light bulb moments and realize that we have an issue and we connect the dots, the better we are at minimizing the downside risks. Yeah, so again, another reason to be sensitized to this stuff and recognize that even though there are things I can do, if I've been if I've been deluding myself or at least unaware of this for a long time, as you're on it's it's probably there's things you can do to help mitigate the problem, but it's going to take longer than if it had never happened in the first place or if you were, yeah, I don't know, 17, God help you or something. There's not a lot. Well, there probably are a lot of 17-year-olds with metabolic syndrome. Who do I know? So so let's maybe start off with the, the non-magic side of things, the hard work side of things, and the non-medicinal things you can do because we'll break it out. There's, there's some medicinal things, and we've alluded to some of them already, but let's start off with the non-medicinal stuff. And these are all going to sound really straightforward to people because we hear about it all the time and almost everything that you need to, you need to get more exercise, you need to eat better, and so on, right? These are the, these are the, it's the same answers. 
It really is. And as we talked about previously, I've had some success with people in obtaining one of those light bulb moments by trying to connect the dots. Uh-huh. Uh, when they're starting to see these pathways and you start to talk about what the road looks like in front of them, many people will buy and they'll understand. And I'll start gently with them. I'm like, look, pick up a dumbbell and do five curls every day. <laughs> right. Park in the spot that's furthest away from the building and don't drive around to look for one closer. We can work on this. I was at a I was at a hiking trail yesterday. Yesterday, I think it was going out for a run, and I saw two people almost get into a fist fight. This <laughs> <laughs> is so crazy <laughs> because before going out into this hiking trail and going, I don't know, a couple of miles or whatever distance they were going to go, they were fighting for a parking place nearest to the trailhead when there were lots <laughs> twenty yards away. And I just shake my head. People's in, even when people's instincts are right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a hike and so on. Is it really is it really necessary that you then have some knockdown drag out fight to see who can park closest to the trailhead? It's just remarkable to me. But it's turning around lose that instinct and it's a, it's yet one more small step you can make towards make forcing yourself to be more active one piece at a time whether it's at the grocery store or any or god help you at a trailhead or somewhere else right 6000 steps a day improves your all cause mortality risk it's not going to reverse metabolic syndrome in and of itself but it's a phenomenal start and you'd be amazed at how easily it comes Yeah, and I was looking at some of the numbers earlier today, just as a reminder about how much exercise it takes to have a material reduction if you're, say, you're hypertensive. Leave leave aside just a reduction in blood pressure, but a reduction in blood pressure as someone who's diagnosed hypertensive, it isn't very much. (laughs) Not very much, I mean, in terms of increased activity, especially if you're starting from a sedentary base. Correct. If you... This is the end of the free public preview of the Simpla Vita podcast. For the full podcast, including a transcript and show notes, you can upgrade at simplavita.com. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. We will not respond to requests for medical advice.